peekaboo. I see you. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. Ooh. And I'm Greg. Slight technical difficulties to get things going. Classic Sunday morning pod. Classics. It's a Sunday morning pod. Arguably the classiest of pods. Yeah. I'd say so. Winter's morning. Yeah. Sports on in the park. Uh, yeah. There's a light for little Sunday morn. Absolutely. And fitting for such a intellectual trist, trist. Yeah, we thought with a film like this, we need to be of sound mind and mm. heart mm. to really dive in to the depths of hell. <laughs> of hell. Of course, we're talking about Spawn, <laughs> some kind of comic book thing from 97. Yeah, it's very 97, isn't it? Mm, isn't it? It's- it just needed like a Creed song in there. Oh, my God. I didn't look at the soundtrack, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's something like that. Yeah. Although they would be, maybe they wouldn't want to associate with the devil so much. Oh, yeah. It could be in there somewhere. I'm running a few octaves deeper today than normal. Yeah. Um, partially self-inflicted. Does this unlock any new impressions? Well, it probably puts Stallone? me in Stallone. Yay! It's deeper. Nice. All right. I'll, I'll edit that into the Rambo episode. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> or next time we're doing a... Rambo, I need to have had a Rambo. Yeah. I need to have had a few beers the night before yeah. slash battling a cold. Kind yeah. of. We'll see if we can make that happen. Well, it is winter <laughs> and I do like beers. <laughs> Delicious beers. So 1997, huh? Mm. Um, what else happened in 1997? 97, actually a lot happened Yeah, as it turns out. Um, a lot of big, you know, significant sort of c- cultural Moments, yes, but rather than you know skimming the surface, I thought I'd just tap into uh, a little. Have I talked about King in the King of the Hill before? No, phew, King of the Hill came out this year, yeah. Obviously, animated sitcom by uh, great and powerful Mike Judge, yeah, along with Greg Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, started in January 1997, early early 97, you mm. might say. Uh, finishing up in 2010. Um, what are your recollections of King of the Hill? Just I remember. I think I remember watching it at first because I was like, I like The Simpsons, and so more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for the same reason, I think I then. I think it maybe unfairly gets bucketed into like, oh, yeah, there's other things that were a bit like The Simpsons. And then later in life I think I saw it and I was like, hey, this is good. This is all right. It's good stuff. Well, having done Office Space, you know, yeah. by Mike Judge, it probably gave, gave a little bit more context to his, um, I guess, where he comes from when he develops these type of things. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you say that? It one? could be. Yeah. I'll back it. What in the hell? Bobby. You talking about, Bobby? Bobby, if you don't <laughs> use propane. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So Hank Hill is our protagonist here. He's the everyday American um, based in uh, fictional Arlen, Texas with his mates and they effectively navigate the mundanities of life. Yeah. Um, which is Mike Judge's kind of... 
Um, so, you know, it had a good run. It ran for over 10 years. Do you know what was particularly interesting? Years, wow. yeah, was the volume of celebrities that have done a guest voice on this show. Is Right. I'd go as far as to say maybe unparalleled. Wow. You know what might be close? Oh, but probably not as top tier is uh, Bob's Burgers. They have a lot of guests, oh, yeah. but they're more just comedians really. From that, from the circuit. Yeah. Well, these guys have got a column A, column B, like a ton of, you know, lower profile, mid profile. Yeah. And then, of course, upper profile. I think Brittany Murphy was the girl, right? She, yeah, she was a, a recurring character. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Um, but we had like Ben Stiller, Bernie Mac, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, Gwen Stefani, Betty White, Heather Locklear, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Bradley Pitt. Bradley Pitt was like Boomhauer's brother or something, wasn't he? Talking about me out here, kitty, kitty, pack, pardon me. Dad gum, find you a place to sit, darling. Bounce, chicken, ow. He's got a good voice. He's got a good everything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, just get him on the show. We should reach out to his people. <laughs> I've been reaching out to people's oh, people. Oh, you did. I, and most of them we're not hearing back from other than Natasha Henstridge's agent who replied, we respectfully decline. This opportunity. Yeah. It's better than a disrespectful decline. And could I also add? Although there's something ironic about because it, it feels disrespectful mm, saying respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to take it as respect. Yeah. Respect. Um, <laughs> so I like at the end he signed off, be well. Mm. He's definitely a fan of Demolition Man, of course. He is. I'll oh, be well, That's, of course. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Greetings right. and salutations. Should we start be welling? Yeah, be well is good. Let's see if we can even remember. It's a nice episode. note to leave people on. Like, huh? That's an interesting fella. Mm. It's like a take care. Something about that guy. Be well. Mm. Take care is is wallpaper now. Though. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, too exactly. Close. Doesn't exactly. mean anything unless you say. Take care of yourself and each other. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> Only really good people say that. Yeah, like Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> so King of the Hill. Good program. Have you seen that meme circulating the internet? You know that thing on the computers now? The meme. Yeah. The, uh, it's got Tom Hanks as Hank Hill. I think it's got like Matthew McConaughey as Boomhauer. Oh, yeah. And I forget the rest. Um, all right, Titanic was number one that year. The first sequel to Jurassic Park, titled The Lost World, also came out that year. That was number two. Men in Black we've covered. Tomorrow Never Dies, James Bond film, mm. one of the lesser ones. Mm. <laughs> Air Force One. Get off my plane. There it is. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> as good as it gets. Liar, liar, my best friend's wedding. The fifth element, Les Cinq Elements. Ah. The full Monty, that was a big thing for a while, wasn't it? It was huge. Yeah. They had chips. <laughs> uh, but coming in at number 36 was a little film titled Spawn. Man, this came out the same year as Batman and Robin. How's that for some, mm. some contrast? Yeah. It's the film we thought we needed at the time. Um, all right. It came out in, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly thought so. Um, it came out in August, August of 1997. Budget of $45 million with a gross of $87.9 million. You know, not bad. Mm. There's a built-in audience there. That's what the studios want. Built-in built in audience. audience. And anything else is cream. And it's all cream. You got the, you got the cake. 
Yeah. Yeah, the cream on the cake. It's your base. Me, I don't care for cream. Maybe some custard, some chocolate icing. I'll take both, all, all three. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes, interesting one, sort of. Critic score of 17%, audience score of 36%. Mm. Spawn is an overbearing, overviolent film that adds little to the comic book adaptation genre. That was a critical consensus according to Mr. Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Is this something you saw growing up? Were you a Spawnman at all? Uh, so, as you know, I'm not a big comic guy. Yeah. Um, I remember the release of this film being a big deal. I definitely saw it at the movies. Oh, really? I was like pumped to see this I movie. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if is it a big deal outside of my bubble? I think yeah. it just looked cool. It, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but I think I was disappointed when I watched it because I, yeah. from it's, it's testing my memory here, but I seem to remember I thought it was going to be a bit more martial artsy. Oh, because of Michael J. White. Well, but I didn't, then I didn't really know anything about him. Yeah, I until didn't know. Exit Wounds. Yeah, which right. Which is, you know, the one he's in with, um, with uh, old mate Seagal. Yeah, I feel like I've only learned about his martial arts prowess relatively recently, mm. like not, in the, not 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> me it was Exit Wounds when his yeah. pecs came on the screen and took up the whole screen. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> he's a huge guy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a beast. Uh, yeah, so I definitely saw the film and it was definitely not quite what I expected. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I was into the comics and I was I was reflecting on this as the film uh, played before my eyes, mm. and I was thinking like uh, when this came out in ninety seven, I was thirteen or something. Yeah, thirteen, I guess. I'd already been reading the comics, and I think it might have been because it was so dark and gritty and mm. cute. I think it might have been not the comics that necessarily childish, but at the time, me being you know teenager or whatever, I feel like it might have been the last childish thing, air quotes, that I mm. – that it was like my last thing before moving on from Manhood. comic books and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like that That and Deadpool. They were around the same time, I think. And then um, – What came after that? Girls. Yes. <laughs> Penthouse. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, there was that time I got – it was actually probably a year later on Mother's Day was the year that I got busted for trying to steal a porno from the news agent. <laughs> on Mother's Day. <laughs> So to answer your question, Greg, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, but yeah, uh, Jono, Jono, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Jono often comes up in these podcasts. Uh, my friend from down the street who had all the cool movies. Mm-hmm. He was a big fan of Spawn too. He had all the action figures and stuff because they oh, were like right. they were like a big step up in the quality. They were like pieces of art. They were really yeah. cool and detailed. So dark and gritty. Mm. And so we were both big Spawn men. And I think his dad took us to go see it and I, I was mixed. I think we were both like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you like it so much you want to like it. Yeah. But um, I remember at the time hating that there was um, a kid in it, the kid from Kindergarten Cop, you know, is in there. Yeah. It felt like a very movie tropey thing to do to right. just go, oh, and there's a kid that shows that he's a nice guy or whatever. I really didn't like that. <clears throat> And I thought Cogliostro was lame. And then yeah. uh, that the... Demon dog? No, the the, clown? the guy that helps him. We'll talk more about him later. The th- thespian. Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, um, I saw it at the cinema. I hadn't watched it since. It's a type of movie that without rewatching, I've always thought, yeah, okay, that's 
That's probably pretty outdated, mm-hmm. which makes it an interesting one to put on the list for sure. Mm. Uh, should I get into the origin story? Please. Origin story. Uh, how much do you know about Spawn? You don't know much about Spawn. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, it's a classic. Um, Just that it's a comic book. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like the gatekeeper of hell or something. It's a funny one because I, even myself, in watching the movie, I considered myself a fan, but it must have been not, I mustn't have gone that deep because if I had to explain it to you, I don't know if I could. Yeah. It's quite it's, sprawling. Mm. And it just had really cool artwork. So that yeah. was part of it too because right? I like to draw. So I just get the things that are cool to try and copy Probably drawing. sounds cool as Spawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like any given issue, there'll be some cool ultra-violent shit happening. But in terms of the broader story, I had no idea what was mm. going on. <laughs> mm. um, I'm sure a rewatch has cleared all that up for you. Well, that was part of the thing because I was like, I have no idea if this is on yeah, like, truthful I, I, to the yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, anyway, so Spawn is very much the brainchild of Mr. Todd McFarlane. Mm-hmm. He actually first drew Spawn when he was sixteen years old, just a wee lad. Mm. Mm. Uh, there's a picture of it. I'll put it on the gram. It's very old school looking. It looks like something from the pages of like a Spider-Man villain or something. Mm. It looks very traditional. It was the seventies. Was the style at the time. Um, but it would take a while before he got to actually make this into a comic book. Okay. Yeah, so this guy is a pretty interesting fella, this Mr. Todd McFarlane. He's pretty well known in the uh, in the circles, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a he's a bit of a hustler. He um while he was at college and realizing he really wanted to be a comic book artist, he drew up all these different um, samples of his work based on like more obscure characters. He thought, you know, I'm never going to be able to take over people writing Batman or drawing Batman or whatever, but I'll do some of the lesser known characters and then send that because maybe they'll let me work on that comic book, yada, yada, yada. Mm. So he made all these packets, sent them out to 30 or 40 different people every month um, for like a couple of years. And he says most of them he didn't hear back from, some of them he heard back from and they just rejected him. But there was one guy that gave him some feedback, not just got back to him, but gave him some feedback and said, you can draw, but what you really need to demonstrate is can you tell a story through these pictures? Okay. And so this guy. Good advice. Yeah, yeah. So this guy gave him a dummy script for a comic book called Coyote. I've never heard of it. Nope. It's about a wild dog. And so he used this as his practice. He was like, okay, I've got this script. How do I tell this story through images? Yeah. And he made sort of this five-pager thing based on that. A nove- think, a, a, like a novella of comic books. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. <laughs> What's shorter than a novella? Oof. Novelliano. I feel like the word needs to get long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the money there. Um, so he it's wrote a classic nove- novelliano. He wrote a novelliano. Uh, and at some point this had circulated to the right people and he got to work on Coyote. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of his big break. Um, and he ascended quite quickly. He then worked on the Batman, worked on the Incredible Hulk. But the big one, which I didn't realise at the time, this is the stuff that's sort of come to light over the last few years as the movies have become so big, but uh, the big turning point for him was The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. So he worked on The Amazing Spider-Man. and Which one's that? Um, it's the, the uh, Peter Parker. I think it's just the, the classic one is called The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, so he yeah. worked on the comic. Yeah, the comic. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. The comic book, The Amazing Spider-Man, he eventually got to be the artist on. Yeah. And, from, and that was where he sort of made his big splash as being quite the rock star in terms mm. of comic book artists because he 
I didn't know this, but um, apparently, because I guess Spider-Man was sort of the marquee, iconic mascot of Marvel, mm. they didn't really fuck with it too much. Yeah. So it hadn't evolved all that much. But he, as an artist, started to push the envelope quite a bit. Oh. And he, um, Go on. it's kind of hard to explain, but I guess in the older comics, this is not going to make any sense to anyone listening. <laughs> in the older comics, Spider-Man would just be like, oh, over there, you know, oh, over there. The way he moved was like interesting, but the the way we see him now in the movies and all the like the legs up here and like all this crazy acrobatic looking shit, that was all his sort of art right, style, okay. this crazy like depth and weird visuals of things and like the webbing got a lot more detailed and uh, right. stuff that I don't totally understand. The eyes got bigger. All this stuff was maybe mildly controversial at the time. They were like, what's this crazy guy doing? Wild. Making Spider-Man's eyes so big? <laughs> yeah. Um, dynamic posing, that's what they called it. More dynamic posing. Ah, uh, yes. And it's sort of, uh, you start to see a lot of the DNA that ended up in Spawn in some of these poses and, the, yeah, there's lots of things going on the there. DNA he shoots out of his <laughs> yeah. hands. Yeah. And just overall a lot greater detail, so just like kind of cool artwork. So it made Spider-Man quite cool again. So was he, uh, were the fans digging it? Yeah, I think so. So he was being he would be a hit at, at Comic Con. I believe so. Yeah. He would have been. He would have been mobbed. Yeah, yeah. And get this, and this will make sense too. I think during this run where he was working on the Amazing Spider Man, he was the co-creator of Venom, oh. which gets even closer to Spawn, doesn't it? In a yeah. lot of ways, <laughs> like pretty damn close. It's very close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ex- extremely close. Confusingly close. <laughs> Spawn and Venom is an, is an anagram. <laughs> It's like a a theoretical anagram. Wow. Also, broader context, this is the peak of comic bookness. This is, I think there's a term for it, but let's call it the comic book bubble. There was a big comic book bubble in the 90s. It was huge and this is never going to end. This is always going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love comic books. Forever. And so they gave him his own Spider-Man title. So like a new comic just called Spider-Man and he kind of got to do whatever the fuck he wanted with it. But let's say he he maybe went a little too far. So it got a bit dark. Mm. So Spider-Man's going after like child rapists and shit. Oh, yeah. um, some stores wouldn't stock it. I think it was quite polarizing. People thought it was a bit pretentious for a Spider-Man comic to try and be so dark and gritty. But again, we're getting closer and closer to Spawn. Yeah. Say all these things. And there was a bit of... Um, he wasn't happy at Marvel. There was he was stirring the pot a little bit too much, yeah. and they weren't happy with him. He wasn't happy with them. But the other part of it was the financial side, because comics were so big at this point. Marvel's like making so much cash at this point. It was before they nearly died. This was like the height of everything, and they were make, the artists were making shit all on this mm. stuff. And you're making creating iconic characters like Venom, and you get like a tiny percentage of whatever the fuck they make. Mm. So him and a few other pretty big time artists at the time, um, left and made their own company called Image Comics. Ah. Yes, Image Comics has since brought us things like The Walking Dead, Kick-Ass. Okay. Um, they, they're kind the of- Walking Dead. The Walking a- Dead. AMC's The Walking Dead. AMC's The Walking Dead. Images the show AMC's. where nothing happens. <laughs> Sorry if you're a fan of that show. Just make the same episode over I just Yeah, I got bored after a season. I realised. It was almost great. I can't believe they keep making it. It's still going. It's kind of crazy. Mm. They don't seem to care because I'm sure the numbers have dropped off. Who's alive still? I think just the cool guy on the bike. Who's he? The main guy? 
His son went badass. Did, Did he, he die? He died. Did he? Yeah. The Asian guy died. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That was the best thing that ever happened to him. Now he's an Oscar nominated actor. Really? Yeah. What for? Minari, Korean American movie. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So these guys jumped ship and they made Image Comics. Image Comics. <laughs> Image Comics, you say? Yeah. And the whole thing there was giving ownership to the artists. So if you go to Image Comics and you make a new character, a new title, whatever, that's your thing. And so with this in mind, uh, I think the, what was the calculation? I was watching this great interview where he broke it down, but basically he was like, we didn't need to compete with Spider-Man head to head because we made so little money on those that we only needed to sell like one twenty-fifth of whatever they sold mm. to make more money than what we made there. And the so, were low. Yeah, and they just got all the money. Mm. So it didn't go to – Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that was sort of his goal was just to get that. And then he ended up selling more than Spider-Man. <laughs> so Spawn was the first – he had this character in his back pocket for a while. Wow. I think it was the first image comic. It was certainly his first image comic. And um, it just like blew up and he's suddenly making millions and millions a month of dollars. Of dollars. Do- dollar dollar dues. Yeah, a month. Wow. Yeah. and Because then you times it by 12. Yeah, you times it There's by 12. 12 months in a year. And you're talking more millions. Yeah, 12 times that. 12 times the initial millions we mentioned. That's the annual. Minus tax. Minus tax. So, you know, depending on maybe state tax, city tax if you're in New York. So, you know, a net net, still millions. Mm. You know. Go Todd. Go Todd, killing it. He said there was actually some challenges with this because they'll bring in these young artists who would come from making 30 grand a year to suddenly making $500,000 in a month. Mm. And uh, then they wouldn't show up to work anymore. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, I just made f- 10 years worth of money, 15 years worth of money. Yeah. Going to the Bahamas, baby. Mm, interesting. Yeah, down the old Kokomo way. Yeah, well. Can you blame them? Get there fast and then you take it slow. Yeah, you have a red eye. Yeah, have a little red eye in the morning there, run into uh, the old Elizabeth shoe there. Yeah. Do some shoeies with shoe. Yeah, that's a good time. That's the life. And then you can go make another comic book in 15 years, yeah. go back down. Yeah. Man, I'm in. Or you could make hay while the sun shines. Well, that's what I would have thought. Make more, just make yeah, more make money more. and then retire at 25. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, I think these guys did run into some financial trouble at some point and it, the image comics thing has evolved over the years, but it's, it's still going. Anyway, needless to say, Spawn was big. Spawn was big. Yeah. So the first issue came out in 1992 and the interest from studios was almost immediate. Columbia Pictures was the first uh, to approach him, but it fell through because he got that. His, his old spawny sense was tingling of a lack of creative control. Yeah. Uh, but eventually he sold it to New Line for $1. Ah. In exchange for creative input and merchandising dollars. Sweet merch dollars. Yeah, yeah. Todd knows where, where to find a buck. Man, he's got a McFarlane Toys, I think is the name, probably. It makes all these toys. Like they'll do not just Spawn stuff, they'll make like Kiss action figures or some random shit. Yeah. And they're like, they're like mini sculptures. Mm. Um, they brought in Mark A.Z. Dippy. Mm. To pay, <laughs> to direct. To pay. He was um, a visual effects guy from Industrial Light and Magic. Worked ah. on T2 and Jurassic Park. I did hear this. Yeah. Heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. This would be his directorial debut and the only film he ever did to not go straight to video. Yeah, good on you. Good on ya. Big opportunity. Big opportunity. Uh, they got writer Alan B. McElroy. Uh, he was also a writer on the comic book 
and the animated series. So okay. I suppose a bit of consistency a, there. A bit of consistency there. Mm. Uh, in terms of casting, obviously we've got Michael Jai White as Al Simmons slash Spawn. Mm. I read something that Will Smith was in the mix, but uh, I guess it was early Will Smith. Could have been. He did mm. Men in Black instead, they said. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we've got John Leguizamo as Clown slash Violator. Martin Sheen. Mm. Martin Estevez. It's Jason Wynn. I was telling a mate the other night that we're doing Spawn and he's like, why did Martin Sheen do it? I was like, oh, I remember hearing that, um, I remember hearing it was one of those stories where he wanted to do something his kid liked or whatever. And I was like, wait a second, his kid is Charlie Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) And Emilio. (laughs) Yeah, and Emilio. But then I just like this image of Charlie Sheen being really excited for his dad to do Spawn. (laughs) But I was just watching the making of it. He tells that story and it, it was his grandson. I was going to say, because <laughs> how old was Charlie Sheen at this point? Like an adult. <laughs> exactly. That's cool, Dad. Little Carlos really wanted me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a big, he's a big Spawn fan. <laughs> uh, excellent. We've got that Teresa Randall as Wonder Blake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Ui button is awesome because it gives us a chance to have a little nod to Babe being a total babe, but mm. without getting too creepy about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's classy. <laughs> Matches the Sunday pod. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Williamson as Nicholas Cogliostro. Almost Richard Harris, Dumbledore himself. Okay. Interesting. DB Sweeney as Terry Fitzgerald. Apparently, um, Edward Norton was in the mix and he pulled out. Ah. And hey, they, they got a real Edward Norton type, didn't they? Is that why they had the goatee? <laughs> yeah, right. It felt very much like that. Couldn't tell if he was black or white. He was white early in the film and then he seemed darker later in the film. He was black in the comic. Yeah. And um, the studio thought they needed to have him white because if there's too many black characters, we don't want to create the misconception that it's a movie for black people only. No, you don't. (sighs) That that backfired on Black Panther, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Did anyone see that I don't know if you've heard of it, yeah. No. Anyway, bish bash bosh, you, you you wrap some people up in some all kinds of makeup. You put some uh, CGI over the top there. Billowing cape. Billowing cape. Everything sort of looks liquidy. <laughs> uh, keep all the keep keep I all the. This was underwater. <laughs> Almost everyone's very wet, but I like that. <laughs> you know, like when they do the practical effects. If you make it wet, it looks more real. Anyway, <laughs> they made people wet, and bish bash bosh, you got yourself a movie, right? Party of the Viper Room. Mm. Should we play the trailer? Something special about this trailer. Let's see if you pick it up. It's time. Imagine a substance with the power to destroy humanity. Imagine a creature insane enough to use it. Imagine a hero verge of creation from flesh to steel you must visualize your objective from blood to blade don't get cocky you have a lot more to learn from man to spawn I see you Harvested the ultimate weapon. Makes the Ebola virus look like a skin rash. Compared to freakalations, I say destroy the cosmos. Ask questions later. Who are you? This is just what they want. You're playing their game. Then I'll play dirty. 
Get the curly back. You should have a Now stay sharp. The night is young. <laughs> this summer, evil has a new enemy. Justice has a new weapon. And the world has a new hero. That was a special trailer because it wasn't La Fontaine. It was Optimus Prime. Peter oh. Cullen. Yeah. All the comments on the YouTube were like. Didn't even notice. Yeah, I didn't notice until I read that. My name is Optimus Prime. Oh, you got it today. <laughs> that was good. Now, what else can you do? Well, let's use this. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened in this movie, Greg? <sighs> well, um, based on true events, one can only assume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fellow by the name of Al. Al Simmons. Al fact. Simmons, yeah. Uh, he was a special forces guy, very fancy soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants out of this life, though, because I think he's, you know, comes, it's eating away at him. Yeah. He's got a beautiful wife and a daughter. He doesn't yeah. have a daughter. Oh, who's that girl? That's that's the daughter that happens after he's dead. This oh. is a five-year time jump. Oh. Yeah, yeah they cross over that a bit. Yeah, it's not his kid. Oh, okay. All right, so the confusion began earlier than I realised. <laughs> so he's trying to quit, but his boss seems to have a deal with a, a fat little blue-faced clown. <laughs> uh, so his boss sends Al off for one last mission uh, to North Korea. It's a biotech operation. Meanwhile, his boss, in sends Marissa Cooper's mum from the OC yeah. over to kill him. <laughs> which they did. They kill him. Uh, Al said a light quite dramatically. Yeah. It's very dramatic. Wanda! Screaming Somewhere his wife's out. name. Uh, so then he falls through a fiery tunnel into a fire room, which is hell. Mm. Uh, there's a big angry demon dog there. That dog like this. Oh, yeah. It basically makes him a deal. Uh, lead his army of hell soldiers. Mm. And then he can go back to Earth and creep on his wife. Yeah. It's a bit of a tough deal, though, because, yeah. like, he can't really go back to his old life. He just can see her and he's, like, now rather burnt and disfigured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a tough deal. It seems like five minutes, but it's apparently it's five years that has passed. Mm. In that time, his best mate, his ethnically ambiguous <laughs> best mate, yeah. has, like, moved on in. How? Yeah, let's do the calculations because how old is the daughter? She looks easy five. Interesting. The old shoulder to cry on, huh? Yeah. Straight in there. <laughs> like, come on, mate. I mean, kind of can't blame him. Because yeah. it's... Yeah, fair it's enough. Wonder. Uh, damn. <laughs> um, yeah, she's a complete smoke show. Mm. Um, so he's moved on in his life. Um, so he's back on Earth. He's there to lead this army, but like... Mm. I'm just pretty unclear on everything that happens after that. Yep. But it is based on true events. Mm. And ultimately it's a tale of unrequited love because she's moved on and he's Hellboy now. But not Hellboy because that's someone else. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I found that too. It kind of – because I even said with the comic book, I didn't totally understand the sort of overarching story. I just knew that in this comic book he's fighting a clown and in that one he's stopping a pedophile and there's his – 
other cool characters. But I don't know what, yeah. And it feels like I think it might have been the style at the time too if they make a superhero movie, they try and cover the entire story in a movie because mm. it's quite sprawling in the comic books. It feels like they could have just made half the plot and made a movie. Or just not even gone to hell yet, or I don't know something. There was a lot going on there. There was a lot, but how does he? He's back on Earth. Yeah, he's got a job. He, he had a deal with the devil. Yeah, devil dog. <laughs> uh, but then he just comes back and does what he wants. Yeah, that's the part I never totally understood either in the comics. I think in the in the comics there seemed to be this this a loophole device that used in the comic was like a countdown. So each edition you'd see that there's. The countdown. I never knew what the countdown was to. Maybe that was until the war was going to happen or something. But maybe he just had like some time to chill before the. Mm. I didn't really understand. Yeah, you can sit outside your wife's window for a little while. Yeah, it seemed like in the movie it was they needed him to kill Win for some reason. I didn't really understand what that. It seemed that seemed to seal the deal in some way, but Mm. I didn't really understand why. And then why couldn't the clown just kill him? So it had to be him. I didn't really understand that stuff. No. Anyway, before we get all tangled up in the details, what uh, how was how was the rewatch for you? Oh, uh, look, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Yeah, um, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> um, it was too dark and gritty for my yeah taste buds. Yeah, uh, John Leguizamo is a clown. Some people like that. I did not. You didn't like it, right? No, I think that's the character. Yeah, I'm sure he nailed it. I love John. Yeah, yeah, John. It's not a, it's not a, a likable. It's not a delightful character. No, it doesn't sit on the palette comfortably. I think he does a good job of it, but yeah, whether it's something you actually want to see <laughs> is another thing. Yeah, all those teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I quite like that. I thought he's meant to be gross, and and from as a, as a fan of the comic book, it's like pretty true to the page. Mm. It's probably one of the most, even now, one of the most direct translations of comic book character into a movie. Yeah, right. And that, that part of the special effects I think was good, That like the makeup, that was pretty spectacular. Mm. It was a blend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do like a blend. Yeah, it was Old a blend. Old and new worlds of. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, for me overall I, um, I was quite taken with the uh, opening being oh so 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it just really took me back. I couldn't quite. I can't articulate what it is exactly. But some, that aesthetic, aesthetic and the music and the when he goes to hell. Yeah, man, the hell stuff was almost like having just done the South Park movie. They were quite similar in the, like the level of special effects. The special effects are very inconsistent in this thing, and hell just seemed like yeah, almost something from South Park. Just like there's a fire in the background, and then you know, demon dog, <laughs> demon dog. Um, and so, yeah, when this first started and you're confronted with that stuff quite early, I was like, oh, okay. <sighs> yeah. But then I, there's parts in the middle I quite liked. Yeah, go on. Yeah, the um, I thought when the clown turns into the violator and they fight in the alley, that was pretty well done, I thought. That was good. I think they had some practical stuff What's in there. What's the violator? There. The big, um, looks like a, he looks like the... Demon dog thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's his own thing. That was pretty good and like pretty close to comic book stuff when they're just fighting in the alley. Yep. It looked r- pretty quality for the time. Yeah. Um, they must have had different people working on different pieces because that was like good. And then I didn't really understand why the 
<laughs> the devil dog, as you call him, why did he look so shit? If they made that one look so good, mm. his mouth doesn't move when he talks, so why not just use a practical thing? Mm. It looked like PS2 graphics. <laughs> it looked like yeah. a shitty boss it, fight. It looked like a malnourished dog too. Yeah. He had sprouts of hair and yeah, looked like one of those skinless, uh, sorry, hairless chihuahuas. <laughs> it did, yeah. Which didn't exactly evoke, you know, fear or. Seems like you could have just made a great puppet for that one. Mm. Like a- it would have been one kicking around the set. The guy who used to work at. Yeah. Light studio, why didn't you just pull something out of that bag? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like a little a sock puppet even. <laughs> Anything. Kermit. There's some options there. There for, are options. If they want to, you know, revisit that. <laughs> and, yeah, I thought the clown was um, well executed. Yeah. Um, I guess a little bit like, you know, he's slinging pop cultural references and things. It's, it's somewhat reminiscent of a Robin Williams genie. Oh, yeah, But nice. sort of the gross version. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if that was his inspo. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a mixed bag in the middle there with some things I kind of liked and some things not so much. And then towards the end it's just like, what is happening? There were all these weird little five-second scenes. Yeah. It was almost a montage but it wasn't. It was just like, <laughs> what is going on? What was going on? <laughs> no, no one knows. Um, something I didn't consider at the time being a child and whatnot, that it was quite cool to have it have a black-led superhero mm-hmm. movie. Yep. Yeah. That's the one, one point in the corner. True. Although well, making his best friend white. It's a bit like. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't like, you couldn't really tell he was black. <laughs> right. I think that I was, I was watching an interview with Todd McFarlane talking about that and he was talking about Spider-Man and how, you know how there's like um, LGBT community growing up, X-Men resonated with them a lot because mm. they could identify with that, that kind of story. And then Spider-Man because he wore a mask. Apparently a lot of people of colour resonated with Spider-Man. Uh, it's like yep. it could be anyone under there. Yep. So I think he just kind of yes-anded that idea. Okay. And it's like, yeah, it is a minority under there. So how good is that? Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess he, it's something. It's yeah, something. Yeah, just yeah. step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. Although I could have used more mask, but maybe that was just so he could act because I guess you wouldn't see him acting. The you mask mean, looked pretty cool. Yeah, but he didn't, wasn't on very often. No. Yeah, they just had his ugly face all the time. Mm. So it's not like he could emote all that much anyway. Yeah. It looked like there was so much shit on his face, man. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun in makeup. Yeah. Uh, but Cogliostro, I... Uh, yeah, you got, you, you got some reservations there? I just... Uh, a personal taste thing, I think. I just didn't like it him at all. Again, I can't really remember how he rolled in the comics, but it felt... I remember in the cartoon... Side note, the animated yeah. series is really good. Okay. Um, but he just seems more like you don't really know what he is right away. It's just some guy, it's just a fellow bum mm. who talks a bit philosophically, but, you know, he could still just be a bum that mm. talks philosophically. Mm. So it felt like it should have been more of a low-key, slow reveal that, oh, he's actually someone of significance that can help this guy. But in this, it's like in the opening scene, he's like, oh, here we are. It's crazy stories about to unfold. I can't remember what he mm. says, but he's in the opening Narrating. shot. Yeah. And uh, he's supposed to have a big beard. I don't normally get caught up on those types of things, but I feel like beard? it's pretty key to have a big beard. What colour was it? White. He looked like Santa. Mm. So it just felt like a missed opportunity to make him a bit cooler. A bit more Christmassy. More Christmassy. A bit more jolly, you know. Set this at Christmas. Oh, free mm. pitch. Shane Black, set it at Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cogliostro has a beard. 
is very mysterious. As reindeer. Saint Nick. He's Saint Nick. Wow. He works for God. Yeah. That's the part I was confused about too. I don't really know what he was. I think he was the same as Spawn. But a heaven version, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The actor's quite the thespian. Yeah, he's been a lot of stuff, hasn't he? Mm. I, I looked him up, but it was a lot to learn there. It was not something in my natural wheelhouse. Yeah, this was his last film. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, he uh, he smoked a lot. He smoked about 80, 80 ciggies a day. Right. But he, uh, yeah, he'd played all kind of uh, all kinds of Shakespearean roles. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Macbeth and such. Yeah, it seemed like that. When I Googled, it was all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's a real thespian, I guess. Mm. But but no beard. I thought long and hard about Beardless. recasties here. Oh, we'll get did? to that later, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. So I, got none. I think I've got good ones. Um, but this is an interesting one to watch in this day and age, wouldn't you say, Greg? Because mm. it feels like they made this PG-13 back then. I feel like in a post-Joker, post-Deadpool world. They would really go all in on it these days. Because, yeah, it's an interesting point. It wasn't. And the special effects have caught up. Because if you, those reviews saying how bloody and violent it was, something like. Didn't seem like. It. Didn't seem that. Violent. And it was PG 13. How could it be that violent? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, so the R rating, and they'll be all about it these days. Special effects would be all over it. Uh, but wouldn't you know it? They are making one. I heard this. But it's been very slow progress. Hot yes. and cold. Development hell, you might say. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. It's making a deal with Malibu. It's, um, well, I think the COVID's got a, probably got in the way. Maybe that's what it recently. was. Yeah. Um, what do you know about it? So um, McFarlane said, everybody in Hollywood wants an R-rated dark comic book movie and Spawn is at the top of their list. But it's changed ever since the Joker from being me begging them to do Spawn uh, to them asking... That was earlier. Sorry, I should have said that was a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, it's developed since then. He, Todd McFarlane himself is is slated to write and direct. I think he's written it already. Yep. And he's got a slightly different angle, liking it to something more like a Jaws where it's a bit more, less is more on the spawn front. And it's more, um, you know, he's in the background, there's this thing moving around, this boogeyman. That boogeyman just happens to be something that you and I intellectually know as Spawn. Will he look like he did in the first movie? No. Will he have a supervillain he fights? No. He's going to be the spectre, the ghost. So I think um, in the comic and in the cartoon, Intriguing. there's these two major characters that are the two cops that work in the area. And I think it might be from their perspective. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, because Jeremy Renner has been cast as one of those cops. Ah. Well, he won't be uh, and they're quite quirky, part. cool guys. Like it's it's an int- there's a big fat one and a little skinny one. Um, so you know that makes it interesting. <laughs> Contrast. Well, that's it. It is interesting. I um you know two shapes. Um, because <laughs> I did feel there was a in the in this one there was a bit of a lack of Spawn's engagement with the world. Yeah, which I always like. I th- exactly. I think that could have been the first movie. You don't even need to. You could just make him wake up. And he's spawned and he doesn't know what happened and it maybe it slowly gets revealed. And it's more just him coming to grips with what the fuck's going on. Mm. But, yeah, I agree. More of that would have been delightful. Yeah. There's like one scene at the graveyard, I think, is about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there could have been a lot more of that. Um, oh, guess who? Official, I thought it was just a rumour, but then I saw more articles. It's Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox is Mr. Spawn Man. Mm. 
They should call it Spawn Man. Spawn Man. Yeah, put man on the end or boy. Spawn Boy. Spawn Boy. <laughs> I'm not <watch> Spawn Boy. <laughs> For sure. He was just a regular kid. Yeah. And too. <laughs> His friends assassinated him. Yeah. And sent him to the fiery pits of hell. <laughs> And his old mate, they're, they're all 10 years old. He's already stolen his girlfriend. Wanda! Savage. Winnie. <laughs> Wait, Winnie. That's- Winnie. Yeah, the Wonder Years. Mm. So you got little uh, Kevin Arnold there. Yeah. Spawn. It works. Mm. And what's his, his mate's taken Winnie. <gasps> the Millhouse guy. Yeah. Mm. This thing writes itself. Mate. Joe Cocker could play Costigliere. He would be good. Mm. And he <laughs> sings every line that no one else sings. <laughs> yeah, because he can kind of do that talk singing anyway. He just mm. kind of yell stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. So they, there's no firm dates yet, is there? No. It seems like a bit of a worry then, doesn't it? Mm. Something ain't working. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I'll watch it though. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it. Why not? Yeah, it's there's something interesting going on here. Mm. Are there, like I said, elements of this movie I liked. Oh, the other one I said I, I would say I did like. It technically doesn't hold up, but I think it just kind of works anyway. Is the cape? Mm. It looks fake, but because it is this hell thing, <laughs> who's to say it's meant to be cotton or something? You know, it kind of just looks surreal and weird. Mm. So kind of kind of works. That's how I rationalize it. Does the cape anyway. have powers? I think it's a bit like um I think it's a bit like Venom where the whole thing kind of has powers. Mm. It's just like this thing that can do whatever it wants. Whatever it wants. Yeah, I think. Hey, friend of the show, so Roger Ebert. Mm. Gave me three and a half stars. Yeah, I saw. Had a four. Loved it. He said, uh Spawn is best seen as an experimental art film. What we have here are creators in several different areas doing their best to push the envelope. Mm. The subject is simply an excuse for their art, just as it always is with serious artists. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. It's, uh, He's always got serious. a fresh take, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a bit of a well actually moment there, mm. doesn't he? I can see where he's coming from. Because I find I often do this with the movies we watch. I'll find like it works if I look at it like this. Yeah. Like, yep. oh, it's a time capsule. Oh, it's. Um, mm-hmm. It's a grand experiment or it's a um, glass half full approach. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like that he he did that. Well, we did one recently. What was it? Uh, oh, like Space Jam. Like I, I like it as a weird pop cultural artifact. Mm. <laughs> Is it a good movie with an awesome plot? And Nah. <laughs> nah. So I guess that's maybe where he's coming from with this. But, yeah, he says, so the way to view the movie, I think, is to consider the story as the frame necessary but upstaged by what it contains which in this case is some of the most impressive effects I've seen. Mm. Uh, they create a place and a look as specific as the places evoked in such films as Metropolis, Blade Runner. As a visual experience, Spawn is unforgettable. I, but surely I didn't think it looked that good at the time yeah. either. Like the, the stuff in hell I think is probably the worst stuff. That's quite bad. It looks really bad. The practical stuff's good. Yeah, I don't know. The other thing I think is quite cool though, now that comic book movies are so big, it's quite cool to see some of these guys be like big deals. So yeah. there's this guy, obviously, uh, Todd McFarlane, and he got a bit of, since the Venom movie came out, it's like, oh, he's the Venom guy. Yeah, let's all celebrate him. It was kind of cool. That's the first I'd heard that he was the Venom guy. I had no idea. 
Another guy, Rob Leafield, inventor of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He was one of the other guys that went and founded Image Comics with McFarlane. Okay. He's having a moment too, obviously, with all the, with all the Deadpool stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Lee, another artist that went with them to make Image Comics, is now like the head of the DC Cinematic Universe. Right. So all these like, I guess they were kind of rock starry at the time for 12-year-old boys, but it's kind of cool that they're having their – a big moment. You know, like what happened to Stan Lee? They're yeah. all like mini Stan Lees. It's quite yeah. cool. Mm. It's quite cool. I wonder how long this charade will go on. It's got to end soon, surely, right? It's a shame because there's some good comic book movies, but there's just so many comic book movies that it makes them all. <sighs> mm. You know who's not a fan of this film? Uh. The audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there it is. Michael J. White. I was going to ask if it was Michael J. Yeah, White. and I wish I read that earlier because I would have maybe worked harder to try and get him on the show because I felt like, oh, we shouldn't get him on the show for a movie we think is shit. Mm. But then he thinks it's shit. So Does we he? could have had good chat about what went wrong or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a shame. What did he have to say, do you know? He said, there is no footage of me ever saying that I liked Spawn. I've never said that I thought that was a good movie. <laughs> that was just the quote that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was curious to know his point of view because it is like, you know, first black superhero. Yeah. There's some you know, some importance there. I don't feel it gets the best out of him. No. And it made me, um, I was like, oh, Michael Jai White is going to be the next big thing when mm. I was a kid. <laughs> and then he, I mean, he's done a lot of martial arts movies and stuff. Mm. But I, I like him. He's great. He's got something. Yeah, mm. he's good friends with Chevello. He is. Chevello vouches for him big time. Yeah, says he's the the most legit martial artist movie guy. Mm. Yeah, respect, respect, respect. Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Say this is not a great movie. <laughs> mm. It was interesting rewatch as a Spawn fan, but I would find it hard to recommend it to anyone who isn't already a Spawn fan. <laughs> mm. The non-Spawnies. Yeah. Whereas the animated series I would wholeheartedly recommend because I think uh, even if you've never heard of it, it's an interesting watch. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the, that slots in there as the replacement. I say this movie's best left in the past but watch the animated series instead. I guess if I had to give it stars, maybe two out of five. Oh, yeah. How about you, Gregory? Yeah, I think two sounds about fair. Yeah. Two stars. Two stars. Oh, can we get into recasties? Do it. Actually, let's hit, let's hit some of those um, oh, yeah. cultural relevancy tests first. Did Simpsons do it? No, I don't believe so. Porn parody. Uh, Greg found some interesting drawings, but I don't. I don't think that there's no a live movie. action. No live action. Yeah, but there was some car- some aggressive cartoon shots. Bechdel test. No FX test. It's interesting here, isn't it? Because in some ways, yes, and in other ways, big no. 
I think you got to give it a yes. I think you have to because at the time it was quite groundbreaking. Yeah, it's out there having a red hot crack. I guess that's the other thing too. It's like you got the guy that did Jurassic Park and T2, two of the most sort of tasteful uses of CGI. Mm. Just use it sparingly just to sweeten it and, you know, <laughs> and this is just so much excess. <laughs> it's just It's interesting. Yeah. Like when they've had the option of how much they want to do, yeah, they've gone all in. You wonder if they had more control over those films, would they have dialed it up? Yeah, more exactly. To the point where you it need wasn't a, good. You need a tasteful director to dial it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess what's the Constraint. what's the saying to a to a hammer? Everything's a nail. To a special effects man, everything's all a the nail. director choices are are nails. Mm. <laughs> all right, recast these. Uh, this isn't a real one, but you know who would love to play this guy, I reckon? Kai Green. Have you seen, oh, do you yeah. follow him? Yeah. He does these weird comic book Is costumes. He? I think he draws a comic book version of himself. He's oh, quite yeah. a good drawer. He's built like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you get director Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Good choice. Yeah. Spawn, you don't get Jamie Foxx. And I wrote this before I saw that too. Interestingly, I did not choose him. I think you have Mahashala Ali. Okay. Is that how you say his name? Not clear. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. Or Yahya Abdul-Mateen. I know who that is. He's cool. So you don't know who that is? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's cool. He's, oh, he's in the new Candyman movie. He's awesome. He's going to be a big star. Yeah. Big star. Yeah. You probably know if you, if you see him. So you have them as the Spawnman himself. Oh, he looks like Candyman. Yeah. I'm not. It's unclear whether he is the Candyman or if that movie looks good. When wasn't that supposed to come out already? Ooh, we should do Candyman. Oh, it's on the list soon. All right. Anyway, uh, Terry, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, he's the sorry to bother you guy. Oh yeah, sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah. and um, cool. because it's a Guillermo del Toro movie, you get Doug Jones as all the monsters. Uh, Doug Jones is the guy that does. <laughs> In all those games. I'm just over here just Googling. <laughs> ah, yes. He's the guy that does all the monsters in those movies. Yeah. He's just the, the monster man. He must be good at being monsters for some reason. Wanda, maybe Zoe Kravitz. Why not? She's our, she's our go-to babe. Teresa Randall, yeah, throw her back in there. All right, up. now here's, here's where I think it gets interesting. Cogliostro, Nicolas Cage <laughs> with a beard. Oh, a bearded cage. A bearded cage saying weird philosophical things. In a dark alley, you don't know if he's fucking an angel <laughs> or a fucking crazy bum. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, yeah, it. like that kind of that Chris Isgrove energy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Personal joke. Um, Win, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or Liev Schreiber, or Christopher Maloney. Maybe I'm, Christopher Maloney. I'm just googling all these people. <laughs> Who's he? Which one? Christopher Maloney. Oh, you know him. He's like a law and order guy. Oh, I've come the, up. The big unit. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the America's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know him. Or Liev Schreiber. Uh, yeah, he'd be pretty good. Mm. And then the clown, I've gone a little sprawling here. Oh, yeah? Oh, no, three. Three different takes. Jonah Hill. <laughs> this oh. is not about weight. I just think he Old could Jonah. probably could work. Or Adam Sandler. I don't know. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Or Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take B. Yeah, I think Adam Sandler is the one, eh? Yeah. 
So I did that could work. You got you got Yaya up there, you got you got Liev Schreiber, you got Nicolas Cage, and you got Adam Sandler. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Doug I'm, Jones. You got man. Benicio at the helm. Yeah. <laughs> Guillaume. Wrong del Toro. I know. i I always get I mean, you know me with names, right? But I feel in this day and age, more and more, it's gonna become less funny that I can't pronounce these names and just seem a lot more ignorant. Yeah. And I really ignorant. I find it hard to say that name. I, I really do. It's so wrong. apologies. Guillermo. Guillermo. Is that how you? Guillermo. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to be a, trying to do better. That's all I got. MVP, maybe John Legazamo. Why not? Why not? Um What are we doing next week? I don't know. I think technically we had it's a I think it's a miss it's not good flow. It's gonna be Candyman. But we can't do Candyman right after this. I hear you're looking for too, Candyman. It's too too many dark and green. Well, what else have we got on the list there? Jaws or Short Circuit? Short Circuit's on Netflix. That would be a fun, weird one. Oh, no, let's do Jaws. Okay. Yeah, let's Done. do Jaws. Jaws next week. Jaws. <clears throat> From Legazamo's Jaws to a big mechanical shark. Yeah. Jaws. Be well. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>